Hello, I'm Martin. And I'm Angelina. And this is the CX Cast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the CX Cast. Hey, Martin, how's it going? It is going good today. Thank you. Lovely. Well, today we have our special guest. We always have a special guest. Uh, this one's one of my favorites. <laughs> it's Colleen Fazio. She's a senior analyst on the CX team. Welcome back, Colleen. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for doing research on VOC. It's a crowd favorite. Everyone's dying to know how to get that VOC program up, running, and winning in the organization. So you've been doing some research on the future of VOC. The future kind of implies that something's going to change in VOC programs. Are you observing a shift in how VOC programs should be run or a need to change VOC programs? Yeah, I think I'm seeing more of a need and less the actual shift, but I'm I'm pushing for the shift. (laughs) No, there are some really bright spots. And I think this research has been very encouraging on that. There's a lot of companies that are are pushing things forward in really interesting ways that I'm excited to talk about. Um, But, you know, we've been doing this for 25-odd years, 30 years. You know, 1993 is sort of the original um, voice of the customer idea was put into print. And so it felt like a really good time to sort of take a step back and and look at VOC programs and how far we've come with those programs and then sort of where we need to go next. Why the need to change? What's wrong now and what's causing that need to change? I think, you know, we've all been chatting a little bit that, you know, clients ask us a lot about how to get action out of the insights that they're sharing with the organization. And we know from our conversations with clients that that insights to action gap persists. Um, and it's a real struggle that VOC leaders often feel like they're sharing insights and no one's doing anything with them. And our data backs this up. We did a survey last year of VOC and CX leaders, and only 28% of the leaders told us that all employees are engaging with customer feedback. That's less than 30%. And only about 30% told us that their program is well understood in the organization. So we just we have some, some insights to action gap to overcome. There's an understanding gap to overcome. And I think the the risk of not overcoming this gap is not only that VOC programs themselves sort of face irrelevance um, or possibly extinction, where they just become more ignored and more ignored and eventually just kind of fade into the background. Um, I think there's a risk to sort of, you know, as we all talk about customer obsession, and that's where organizations need to be headed. And how do you put the customer at the center of your business and your strategy and operations if you don't understand what the customer thinks and what the customer feels? And so I think that these sort of ineffective VOC practices are really holding organizations back from becoming more customer obsessed. Is that why there's still, I mean, if I think about extinction of the human role in VOC, I would, I would think companies assume that they could just run some software and the insights will just come to them and they'll know what to do with them. But I think what you're saying is there still very much needs to be a human to drive the right behaviors to ensure that people understand why behind what we're doing and how we're reacting to these insights. Yeah, you can't take the human out of this. I think there's a risk of um, over-rotating on the what and under-rotating on the so what and the now what. If you don't have a human telling you sort of this was frustrating or I'm, I won't come back to your company, all you see is the data and it's hard to know what to do about that data. And a person still has to be in the loop and sort of interpreting that data into what the business should do next. Like those are creative solutions often. The customer can't often tell you what the solution is to their problem. And that, that's where the humans, the VOC team and the insights team and the folks that they work with are really still important in translating those insights into the now what and the so what. VOC program is one of the most common 
problems clients come to us with. Mm -hmm. CX measurement and VOC are the, the perennial problems when we do kickoffs with clients, they're the things that come up. But I get this sense of frustration with a lot of the teams about like, we're doing all this stuff and people don't listen to us. And like, we're putting all this effort into to listen to customers. So what's the most interesting thing you've found in this research? What's going to drive this change? And you know, wh where is the shining light for VOC programs? Yeah, that's a big question. Um, I think there's some enabling factors I talk about in the research and you have to have executive support. Absent executive support for insights-driven decisions and bringing customer feedback into the organization, this is just a really hard road. And it's really hard for VOC teams alone to make progress on pushing an organization to be more insights-driven. So you have to have some executive support, executive sponsorship, you know, a culture that encourages curiosity and a culture that encourages, you know, discovery, again, insights-driven decision-making has to be a cultural norm as well. So those are two sort of enabling factors that it, it's kind of hard to create from the VOC team seat. Um, and absence that, you really, you do really do have a struggle. But once those are in place, even if they're nascent, the VOC team can do themselves a lot of favors if they start from a place of business goals and the CX vision and not what I call random acts of listening. If they start with aligning their, their listening program, surveys, unstructured data collection, whatever they're looking at, thinking about how the information they collect can help the business achieve its goals. And one of the most interesting things I learned during this research is once the insights are brought together, organizations that are doing this well have someone who's translating those insights into business actions. Like one of the units, the financial services organizations that I talked to has two teams, two full teams. They work side by side. One team collects voice of customer in the traditional sense. Here's what customers are saying. The other team is literally called the translating team. And here's what we do about it. And their job is to liaise with the different lines of business, the different products, the different operations teams to say, here's what customers are saying and bring suggestions, not just sort of drop data on the desk and walk away, but to really help translate into the business what this customer feedback means for their goals and objectives. And I heard that translator role come up from a few of the organizations I talked to that are pushing this envelope forward. And I think it's something when you think about more how are we communicating insights? How are we making insights more accessible? And it's not just data democratization and give everyone a dashboard. It really is a more hands-on approach. Is there a challenge even in the name? Because we've almost given this program a name for like, hey, we just listen to stuff. Rather than we're listening for a purpose, we're trying to drive action within the business. Yeah, I, um, I had a part of the report that I'm probably not going to get to publish, but it's going to be another report that VOC needs a rebrand. A lot of the companies that I talk to aren't calling these programs VOC programs. They are insights programs. They are the impact team. They've rebranded themselves to get out of that program silo. Something else I talk about in the report is sort of moving from nouns to verbs. We talk about VOC programs. They're these standalone sort of things, self unto themselves. What I hope organizations start thinking about is more feedback management practices. And across the organization, these practices become just part of how the organization functions in a more active way and less than a standalone program. What were you looking for when you went out and said, I'm going to find the future? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was looking to crack that nut a little bit on the insights to action gap. Um, I, I know we all know that there are companies out there that are doing this well. And so what's that secret sauce? How are these organizations structuring differently? How are these organizations architecting their processes differently and trying to capture that and, and give our clients some advice that they can apply um, in their own contexts? So what, what does this new model look like? What is kind of best in class for action driving program rather than just a listening program? Yeah, so I talk about it in two stages in this research. The first is evolution. We need to evolve right now. And I used a, a butterfly analogy when I presented this back in June, but thinking about how a caterpillar changes into a butterfly. It's the exact same DNA, but it's an entirely different organism. 
So it'll look somewhat similar. The new VOC program will have some of that DNA of sort of VOC programs that we know and love, but it'll be a different organism in the way that it's more connected to the organization and more grounded in these business goals. And so I'm calling it Liam 2.0 for now, which is the Listen, Interpret, Act, Monitor model, and just 2.0. So it still has the key tenets of our model, which are Listen, Interpret, Act, and Monitor. What's different, I think, is that I'm bringing that translator role forward. I'm putting more emphasis on how VOC teams need to be action facilitators. You know, so often the action for insights is outside the remit of VOC teams, and that's okay. But that doesn't mean we can abdicate action. How do we help the organization take action by supporting and creating processes and prioritization, by bringing employees into the processes around, you know, having a client for every survey question, for example, like bringing them in from the beginning more proactively and getting them to engage earlier in the process and not just in a sort of here's what we learned kind of way. The interpret phase starts with an I, and so it makes Liam have a nice ring. Um, I wanted to call it understand because I think we need to go past interpret to understanding, but Luum doesn't have quite that same ring. <laughs> so we, I'm keeping interpret, but I think we need to think about, as I said earlier, that that now what piece and really leaning into that now what piece. You know, someone I talked to for this report said telling people things are broken is not as helpful as also providing additional context and maybe in some hypotheses to how to fix the problem. So really helping VOC leaders sort of lean into their role about helping the organization get to that next step. Also, something that came up in this research that was really interesting that I'm trying to help organizations think through is um, VOC practices have a bit of a credibility problem in a lot of organizations. You know, one of the number one problems that VOC leaders tell us is that they have trouble getting the organization to engage with them, but they also have trouble connecting CX metrics to business goals and outcomes. And so there's sort of this perpetuating cycle of disconnected CX insights leading to a credibility problem with the organization who don't understand the context of these insights, and then they're less likely to engage with the VOC team. So I think VOC teams need to take a step back, think about their programs more strategically. Why are we asking these questions? Where are we asking the questions? Are we getting enough information from all these different groups? And start building up their credibility within the organization. Again, communication comes up there. One of the leaders I talked to actually as a graphic designer, review all of their decks before it leaves the insights team and goes to the organization. So folks who are getting insights from that team know them, they're branded, they're well-presented, they've been through like review within the team, they know that the insights are credible. And I think building that credibility will help VOC leaders get into the room more when decisions are being made because they're, they're seen as more credible and more important to the business. Yeah, that actually is really powerful. And whether they want them reused or not, I know sometimes it's challenging to know folks are going to use your slides and tell their own <laughs> stories with it. But I mean, we get, we have to let go a little bit, right? And if it's a yep. well-designed slide, it's not going to get doctored as much. So I think it's smart if you have the design resources. Not everyone right. does. but Not everyone does. <laughs> there's always a way. So that's really interesting because these uh, VOC leaders need to stretch themselves. We need to have different personality types on these VOC teams to achieve all of this. It's not like we can all be research nerds and expect people to appreciate who we are and what we're saying. We even have to design the research to meet the stakeholder need that includes the customer and the internal customer. So... It's kind of a reality, a balancing act of, yeah, it would be great to do pure research and do pure listening and get a clear voice of what the customer wants and translate that. But there's that trade-off of we also have to see what the business needs and meet those needs as well. Building on what Angelina is saying, are you seeing the rise for like consultative skills or a different type of people to be helping out here to drive traction? 
Yeah, it's interesting. It's a thread I haven't pulled on for this research, but I definitely will in some future research. One of the interviews I did sort of stands out in my mind where the interviewee was saying how they had hired folks who had really good research skills. They were really good at that quant stuff and or they knew how to run the tech and the tools. Like they were really good at using the the platforms that one uses to collect feedback. And they realized that they needed to hire different kinds of people. They needed to hire people who could communicate insights and who were able to do that translation and who wanted to do that business engagement and that translation to the business because not all researchers want to. They want to just stay in their their data frames. And so really hiring a different kind of person became important to that team's success. And I think that there's something to think about there. You know, we see in our data that storytelling is, you know, tends to be a lower ranked skill. Communication skills on these VOC and CX teams are not prioritized. And I think teams need to start paying attention to those skills a little bit more when they're hiring for these roles. So you kind of get to this fundamental challenge, which I've seen in many of the clients we work with, which is you're doing all these great things. You're telling these stories, you're designing great decks, you've got great insights and just no one cares. Like, what do you, what do you do? How do you break that wall down? Or is it, is it a wall you can even break down in some organizations? It comes back to the, you know, the executive support piece. If no one cares and there's no executive asking them to care, then it's going to be really, really hard. But if there's someone in the, close to the C-suite who's asking the right questions about how, how are we working to improve our customer experience? How are these insights being used? Is the organization investing in processes? Like one of the financial services orgs has a universal risk assessment. All the projects that they're going to consider have to go through this risk assessment to look at the risk to customer experience. So they've invested in creating a process that really forces insights-driven accountability in the organization. So if your organization is not investing in sort of walking the walk in, talking the talk around being insights-driven, I think it's really hard for VOC leaders to break through. You know, don't throw in the towel right away. Start small, trying to find some folks who are interested in getting some quick wins, which we've been saying for years. I think doing a little self-assessment about your credibility within the organization. You know, are we producing insights that folks find credible? Doing an audit of your program, really getting your arms around where all the sort of under the rock surveys buried, where are people collecting insights that maybe we're not leveraging? How can we get more sort of bang for our buck if we partnered with a market research team, an experience research team? Like getting creative, I think, and not just assuming that more data will break through. I think we have to try different things to sort of break through in organizations that don't have that top-down support. Well, Colleen, there's only one more question, and it is generative AI. Is it coming to VOC? Is it, it, I mean, it's here, but... It's, it's the answer, <laughs> obviously, surely. Is it fundamentally changing everything. anything, or is it an unfulfilled promise? Somewhere in the middle. I think, um, you know, there are uses for generative AI that'll cut across, you know, research and insights broadly. I think the use cases I'm seeing right now tend to focus more on market research or more of that qualitative research, sort of summarizing videos or summarizing interviews with customers. But all of that is still really relevant to voice of customer programs. And if we can more quickly and efficiently mine that data, then maybe there's less need to go ask our customers some questions. So I think, you know, the case I'm making in this research about more more closely coordinating with market research and experience research teams, I think generative AI will really help connect those two teams even more so. I think we will get to the point pretty quickly where the generative AI makes text analytics much faster, much easier. Right now, it is still some art, some science, and pretty resource intensive. But I think we're headed in a direction where that's going to become much more of a commodity from some of these vendors, hopefully, because I think that that's where we all see a lot of the promise and voice of the customers, not so much in the structured asked questions, but in that unstructured data that we can collect in other places. You know, already there's some small things that are in the market, like generative AI can write your survey for you. 
do I recommend everyone go do that and fire their survey writers? I do not. Um, we still need a human in the loop, Angelina, as we were saying earlier, like tech is a tool and it'll definitely help us, but we still need to have an, a human be looking at these things before they go out to the public. But it can make us faster and more efficient, hopefully freeing up VOC folks to do other work that's more think work, right? That's so what work. Some of that stuff can be automated. So I wouldn't say it's an unfulfilled promise. I think the promise is there, just maybe not tomorrow. More to come on that, I'm sure. And more to come on the future of VOC. Yeah. Where can listeners find you? LinkedIn, obviously on the Forrester website. I have a couple blogs. Um, and this report will be up hopefully in September. Great. Yeah. And if you listeners have some sort of magical VOC program of the future that you would like to share with Colleen, I'm sure you could slide into her LinkedIn messages and propose a research interview. Yes, 100%. I would love to hear from folks if they've got something innovative or if they've got a question I didn't answer today that maybe I haven't thought of yet. I welcome feedback on this research. I think it'll help all of us. So thank you. Martin, what do you think? Is the future bright for VOC programs? I, I like the impact and I like the rebranding. That's my key takeaway from this is get out there and sell yourselves. Don't assume everyone just loves data. Data's great, but not everybody knows how to interpret it. <laughs> well, thank you both so much. This has been really fun. Thank you. Thank you, Colleen. Glad you could join. And thank you to producers Ellie and Julia, without whom none of this would happen. If you want to get in touch, email us at cxcast at And as always, you can find us at forrester.com or on your favorite podcast platform. So don't forget to like, subscribe, and tune in next time for more CX Insights. Oh,